This is the second of a series of sermons that's happening this year on the life of Christ. On Sunday mornings for our Bible class, we're, we're going through a chronological look at the life of Jesus Christ. And this is the second uh, in, a, in a series, really it's the fifth in the series, but it's the second on why parables. This is part number two on why Jesus spoke in parables. If you will please turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. One month ago, we answered in detail the question, why did Jesus use parables? The question was based upon the same question that the disciples had. In Matthew chapter 13, beginning with verse 10, when after Jesus told a crowd of followers the parable of the sower, verse 10, why do you speak to them in parables? Is the question The disciples asked Jesus, Why do you speak to the crowd in simple stories illustrating a moral or religious lesson? And that's what a parable is. Jesus said in verse 11, Because. (laughs) Haven't you ever answered your your children or a co-worker? Why do we do this? Well, because. Well, Jesus didn't leave it just there though, did he? He gave them a definite answer. If you have your bulletin today, if you have your bulletin, you can look on the back and you can follow along as we go along uh, about uh, the, the questions and answers that will be asked today. Also in your bulletin today, if you fold it all the way out, you get a free poster that you can put up in your room, you can put up at your house, you can put up on your refrigerator reminding you about family day, something that you can give to your friends, you can give it to your neighbors, you can put it up in your business, you can lay it in, your, in the uh, back window of your car, anything you want to do with it. But make sure you use it. Make sure it doesn't get filed in, chapter thir- or in file 13, okay? Make sure you use it and it's, and it's seen. But uh, he says you get to know because you get to know the mysteries of the kingdom and they don't. Now why? Why do the disciples get to know the mysteries of the kingdom but the others don't? Well, the next three verses tell the purpose of parables. Jesus takes the disciples to to parable school. And that's where we're going to go today. We're going to go to parable school today. You know he's going to school, did you? There will not be a test at the end of this sermon, but there will be a test at the end of your life, okay? So we're going to parable school today. Jesus takes the disciples there. He tells us two main reasons for teaching in parables. To teach it in parables is to conceal and to reveal. Today in this audience, we have with us two types of people. That was the beginning of our sermon one month ago. In this audience are two types of people. Those not seeking the truth and those who are seeking the truth. No matter how deep into scriptures we go today... We're going, to go no, we're going to go no deeper than what Jesus does. Today in this audience, you have got to make a decision. What kind of people are you? No matter what we learn today, remember the stated observation that some here seek the truth and some don't. Sadly, your presence here today does not mean you seek the truth 
any more than those on the seashore some 2,000 years ago in Matthew chapter 13 who, who heard the parable of the sower firsthand, who heard the parable of the wheat and the tares firsthand, who, who understood or didn't understand the parable of the pearl or the parable of the treasure. But happily, your presence here today can mean that you seek the truth much like the disciples who asked Jesus this question about parables in verse 10. The parables, earthly stories with a heavenly meaning, were and are designed to conceal the truth from those not seeking the truth and to reveal the truth to those who are seeking the truth. Seek and you shall find, Jesus said. Parables effectively separate those who want to know from those who don't want to know. Those seeking the truth will ask as the disciples did in Matthew chapter 13 verse 36, explain to us the parables. But those who don't want to hear the truth, who don't want to ask the tough questions of others and themselves, what is said will be of no help more than likely today. What you must decide today, church, is the same decision you had to make one month ago. Or if this is your, if this is your first time here, this, deci- this decision must be made today. Either I want to know or I don't want to know. As we go to Jesus' parable school today, truths will be revealed and truths will be missed. Our next question today must start with, why do we continue to be taught in parables? Well, because like them as today, as we spoke of last time, there are those who, verses, chapter 13, verses 14 and 15, are morally blind. And there are those who, verse 16, who want to be blessed. Are you blind or do you want to be blessed today? Which one are you? Let's go to school. Let's go to school. Matthew chapter 13. One question I had to answer in my own mind and one you may have asked too is, is what is the kingdom of heaven? Jesus in each parable of chapter 13 mentions the kingdom in some way. Notice the disciples didn't ask what the kingdom of heaven was, but what the parables meant. To them it must have been understood, but, but I needed to understand what is the kingdom of heaven. When the Bible speaks of the kingdom of heaven, as here in Matthew chapter 13, or in Mark chapter 4, it, it speaks of it as the kingdom of God. The same thing is meant, but what does it mean? The disciples got to know the mysteries of the kingdom, verse 11. But before I can understand its mysteries, I've got to know what it, the kingdom of heaven, is. A kingdom is a territory ruled over, subjected to a king who has dominion over that territory. The king has royal power, dominion. He rules in that kingdom. Throughout time, throughout time, God has been and is and is and or will be the ruler of it all. 
It is His dominion. The world was made by His hands. The kingdom of God has a past, it has a present, and it has a future. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, God made the world and all that's in it. Psalm 47, verse 2, the Lord Most High is awesome. He is a great king over all the earth, the psalmist says. The kingdom of God has always existed physically and spiritually in some way. Jesus told those who arrested him in John chapter 18, verse 36, that my kingdom is not from here, he said. Presently, the kingdom of heaven is the church. Today, the terms church and kingdom can be used interchangeably. Look ahead a few chapters at Matthew chapter 16, verses 18 and 19. Jesus told Peter that the truth Peter stated, the truth that Jesus was the Christ, was the rock upon which Jesus would build his church. He told Peter that Peter would get the keys to the kingdom of heaven, the church, future tense, you see. The church of Christ was manifested or first seen on the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2 verse 36, when in verse 47, the Lord added to the church daily those that should be saved. The kingdom of heaven is used in a future sense as well. Containing the mansions over the hilltop that we sing about. Containing the tree of life that we all want to live and abide under. Containing the new heaven and the new earth that Peter speaks of in 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 13 where, where righteousness dwells. The parable that Jesus spoke in Matthew chapter 13 each dealt with an aspect of the kingdom to come. Matthew chapter 6 verse 10, what Jesus prayed for in Matthew chapter 6 verse 10. He prayed, thy kingdom come, right? Future tense. Jesus prayed for the church. That's what he prayed for. Now when I pray this prayer today, I certainly don't mean some future earthly kingdom. We are in the church now. We are in the kingdom of heaven now. We are in the kingdom of God now. I don't mean an earthly kingdom. Jesus prayed for the church. The church is the subject of Jesus' parables in Matthew chapter 13. Jesus stood in a boat on the seashore. And he taught the crowd who followed him in parables. Remember now, as we look at these parables, you are one of two people. Those who want to know and those who don't want to know. It's up to you to want to know the truth. Just like these people over 2,000 years ago by the seashore who heard these parables for the first time. You have a decision to make this morning. We'll go as deep as Jesus goes and as we look at these parables, try to see, try not to see some hidden truth in every little detail, but do be prepared to find several truthful statements or conclusions as we go through these parables. The first parable is that of the sower in Matthew chapter 13 verses 3 through 8. It's up on the screen. 
Or you can look at the version in your lap. Jesus tells the parable and summarizes the intent of all his parables in verse 9 when he says, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. Or if you want to understand, you'll try to understand. How? Well, you'll ask. And that's what the disciples did in verse 10. They asked about parables. Who didn't understand the parables? Well, as Sammy Durrett says in Acts class, all the rest of them didn't understand the parables. All the rest who didn't ask, they didn't understand. They couldn't understand. I mean, put yourself in the position of those standing by the seashore who heard this parable for the first time. They had not had the explanation. They were told the parable in them about the seed and this ground and that ground and the, and the thorns and the birds. And how would they have known what any of that meant had Jesus not explained it? How would you know what any of it meant if Jesus hadn't explained it? As we said last time, without the explanation in verse 18, there's no way I could have understood the depth of this parable. Jesus tells us of a sower who went out to sow seed. The sower is Jesus or or any of us who take the seed, the, the word of the kingdom, the gospel to the field or of the world. The gospel is sown to the wayside, those who never really hear. And, and the birds, the wicked one, they, they take the word, the seed, away before anyone can hear. Then, the, then there's the stony that have no root. The, the gospel can't grow in that stony, uh, shallow soil. And tribulation and, and persecution is represented in the parable by the sun. And, and they kill off the rootless. The riches and cares and troubles in life are all represented by the thorns that choke off those who are sown in them. But there's a seed that seems to have grown and and the gospel truth is sown in good soil. The soil represents those who hear with understanding, those who want to hear with understanding, like some of you today... Bearing fruit because you heard with understanding it took root and you're growing and the kingdom is growing because of you. This parable tells of different listeners and their response to the word. We can use these explanations by Jesus to help us understand other parables in chapter 13 and other parables throughout the gospels. Jesus is very consistent. Now remember too, there are, there are mysteries. Those who want to can understand them. And if you want to, you're blessed. Matthew chapter 13, verses 16 and 17. Jesus tells after the sower explanation three more parables. The, the wheat and the tares and the mustard seed and, and the leaven. You know, before we go to, into the house with Jesus in verse 36... Given what we know about the parable of the sower, let's try to understand the wheat and the tares. Let's try to understand the mustard seed parable. Let's try to understand the leaven parable. In the wheat and the tares, we know the kingdom of heaven is the church. We know the field is the world. We know the man is Jesus or or, or Christians. The good seed is the gospel, the word, the truth, the word of God. From understanding the birds as the wicked one in the sower parable, we might conclude that the enemy who sows the tares in the field is Satan. Now, the, the wheat 
and the tares were planted together. The the wheat was planted and the tares were planted behind them. Tares, those then would have understood, tares are a wheat-like plant. And you don't know until it grows up that you've got something that you didn't plant. That somebody has, has sabotaged you. The enemy sold them so that something bad would happen. We have no reference though to who the reapers are. We have no reference to who the bunches are. We have no reference to what the barn is. What's the barn mean in this parable? We, if in the shoes or the sandals of them at this particular time, if we're in their same shoes, if we're in their same sandals, we don't know what that means unless it's explained to us. Or the next parable of the mustard seed, the kingdom of heaven, the church, the mustard seed, the, the church and the, the truth that's given to it. First Timothy chapter 3 verses 3 through 15. It becomes a tree. What is the tree? Who are the birds? Are, are they the ones that are the wicked one? Is that what they are? Or the next parable of the leaven. The church is like leaven. Well, who's the woman in the parable? What, why three measures of leaven? Do you want to know? Do you want to know why three measures of leaven? Do you want to know who the woman is? Do you want to know? Do you, want, do you even care? Does it even register? Put yourself in the place of those people 2,000 years ago. Did they want to know? Did they care? Some did. Some did. Because they asked. You see. Jesus is fulfilling prophecy. Chapter 13, verse 35. Fulfilling prophecy and telling us things kept secret since the foundation of the world. The disciples, they wanted to know. Jesus went back into the house of chapter 13, verse 1, and sent the crowd away. Explain to us, they said. Explain to us. The disciples say, and Jesus does. Now, remember, Jesus explained the sower as different people in their response to the truth. And there seems to be a narrative within these parables. The wheat and the tares, according to Jesus in verses 36 through 43, show the efforts of the devil to destroy or harm the work of Jesus and all those who try to help the kingdom grow. Next month, we'll focus on this parable alone as we look at the life of Christ. And if we see these parables as an outline or a narrative, the parable of the mustard seed and leaven illustrate the the growth and spread of the church. Even though it's small, even though like the mustard seed or the little bit of leaven that goes into the bread, even though it's small, it can and will grow because God is behind it. How something so small can grow so large and how something seemingly insignificant can grow even though it doesn't seem like it can only come from God. In the parable of the hidden treasure and the pearl, they tell of the, the great work of Jesus. 
great work of the kingdom and how those who find the kingdom of God will do whatever it takes to keep and to obtain and keep that treasure, that, that great pearl of great price. And how the church is like a big net. Cast into the sea, the world, and all kinds are caught. You know, here we are today. I don't know why you're here. I don't know why you're here, but we're all so different, aren't we? I mean, each of us do different things. We say different things. We talk differently. We look differently. That, that net has caught us all. We're here today. And one day, as the parable says on the screen, one day, they'll take all of us out, dump us out, and the good will be separated from the bad. Have you understood all these things? Have you understood all these things? That's not my question to you. That's Jesus' question to his disciples. And it's Jesus' question to to, to us today. It's not my question. It's Jesus' question. Have you understood all these things? Now, if I would have been one of the the disciples, say yes. That's the first thing I know. Yes, Lord, we do. (laughs) If I would have been in the disciples, I would have been, you do? Really? I don't. Really? You understand? All that. They all said, yes, Lord. You know, I, I don't know if the emphasis was understanding as much as I want to to understand. Do you understand? Well, maybe not all of it, but do you want to understand? Do you have a want to? Or are you that other set of people that's here today? Do you have a fire inside to understand what God's will is? Watching soccer yesterday. You know, you've got those kids that, I mean, they're focused. Buddy, they are going to get that ball into that net if, they, if it kills them. I mean, they work. You can see it in their eyes. They get close to that net, buddy, and they work even harder. Then you have some who aren't too bad, and they kick it. But when they get up to the nest, they just kind of hang back. There's no fire. They're distracted so easily. You've got to have a want to, don't you? You've got to have a desire to reach the goal, don't you? Do you have that desire today? Do you want to know the truth? You can handle it. If you want to know it, you can handle it. Have you understood? I've left the actual reading of the parable up to you. I didn't go through and read each parable today. If you don't understand, seek and you'll find. Knock, it'll be open to you. The answer of the disciples was, yes, Lord. And if that's your answer, if that's your answer, yes, I understand. Then Jesus has one more parable for you. 
had one more parable for them. They said, yes, Lord, we understand what you mean. Then he said, all right, I've got one more parable for you. He's got one more parable for you today. The last parable, verse 52. Therefore, every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a householder. He brings out of his treasure things new and old. If you understood all these parables, you are the scribe. You are great in your understanding of the scriptures, both old and new. You are like a homeowner who has old things and you've got new things. You understand the Old Testament was Romans chapter 15 verse 4 written for our learning to provide patience and comfort and hope but you rightly divide the word of truth 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15 and that the new explains the mysteries of the old. We don't live in the mysteries. We live in the explanation. The main point is that Jesus... tells us that we are so very blessed to have what we have. We see and hear what others don't want to. We have that privilege. Do we accept this treasure, both old and new? When Jesus finished this parable in verse 53, he went back to Nazareth and was rejected by his own people. As if to drive home the point that you've got to want to know the truth. He has the truth. And if you want it, you can have it. But unbelief, like those in his hometown, unbelief will keep you from understanding the Scriptures. If you don't believe, you know, there's no sense in being baptized, the Scriptures say in Matthew chapter 16, verse 16. But if you're seeking... You will find the answer. What you do with the answer, well, it's up to you. Does the truth remain concealed to you? Or has it been revealed to you today? If it's been revealed, then you know what your next step should be. I don't have to tell you. Make a practical application of what you've learned in parable school today, okay? And come now and obey what's revealed to you.